Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson, David Reed, Emma Notstein, making the show happen for us. Glad you're with us as we kick off the week. And a lot to get to with all the headlines today. We'll hit the Tennessee Power Hour coming up at 1 o'clock Eastern, noon Central. But we kick things off by saying please like, subscribe, rate, and reply to any of the ways you're watching the show right now. Retweet. Yeah, retweet on Twitter and subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate that. We'll be monitoring the chats. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. That is how you can interact with the show live. What a Final Four, but in particular, what a classic matchup we will never forget between Gonzaga and UCLA. That is where we start today's show. Guys, as that game ended in overtime, I'm thinking, I, we just watched a game that, Claire and I, that we will never forget. We will always reference this game with the rest from here on out. It's uh, sometimes recency bias, sometimes hyperbole to say what we just saw was the best thing we've ever seen. I don't think it's either of those when you talk about this game. It may be the best college basketball game that we've ever seen. It, it was that good. And what I loved about it was that there wasn't this Chris Webber timeout type moment at any point. Everyone stepped up and made plays. Everyone played great. When it was the most pressure-packed moments, guys on both teams stepped up. It sounds silly and cliche to say there are no losers in that game. There really aren't any losers. That's one where you embrace after a game like that and know that you were a part of history, that everyone that watched that appreciates both teams equally in that moment for giving absolutely everything. And to see that many guys step up and make plays, it was phenomenal. Yeah, like you're saying, there's no mistake, really, that was a key to the game. I mean, UCLA going to the basket, getting blocked, it's a phenomenal block. Right, so uh, there, there's no air. A guy UCLA, who who was it? Uh, the, the the point guard misses a layup. Johnny Juzang. Or no, it's Juzang misses the layup. He gets a follow and puts it back in to to tie it. Uh, both teams played at such a high level. UCLA played, you know, a Villanova versus Georgetown quality game to be in position to pull the upset before Suggs's fantastic bank shot. I think not just that as a highlight for the ages, but Suggs's block that I just mentioned with the subsequent rebound, uh, the almost full court bounce pass to Timmy and Timmy's subsequent, did he dunk it or lay it in? Oh, he dunked it. Just a phenomenal, yeah. he piked uh, it. A phenomenal basketball play. 
And, uh, you know, I'd hesitate to call it the greatest game of all time, but it's one of the oh, greatest. You know, that Duke-Kentucky game so it, let's, is let's it's, compare. It's there. Let's it's compare the two. Those two. Because Duke-Kentucky, and we're going to have some audio for you comparing the two with people that lived it a, a little bit later, but a buddy of mine pointed this out, and it's a good point. The one difference between the two games and that puts Duke-Kentucky over the top for him was the crowd reaction in the spectrum in Philadelphia. Packed house. Part of it. Yeah. It was going nuts the whole game. And I remember watching that game as a kid and laying on my parents' floor looking up at the, t the old TV set, watching that whole game and remembering it well. But it was the reaction of the crowd that had so much to do with it, but agreed that the game on the court was better start to finish between Gonzaga and UCLA than that classic Duke-Kentucky game. But just going back to the everyone making plays, the Jalen Suggs, the block, coming back inbounds, people were also asking, isn't that – out of bounds if you're the first person to touch it when you come back inbounds it changed this year that rule did if it's a basketball play that takes you out of bounds as long as you reestablish both feet inbounds and touch it you then you're fine fair. remarkable play by him just great play oh, uh, all, all around while we're talking about remarkable plays Timmy stepping up to take the charge oh, with phenomenal. four fouls in that moment Bold. but also uh, the officials the officials got that call right the officials I thought were great like the big part of this game, zero controversy. That was an absolute charge. It was absolutely the right call. Yeah. I was worried they were going to screw it up. I knew when he stepped up, I immediately I said, that's a charge. And I'm thinking, if they call a block here and they win this game on free throws with, what, 1.8, I think, was the time left at, the, at that point, it uh, would have been a terrible way to end that game. Right call by the officials. Timmy is like a, a funny Christian Leitner is the best way to describe him. You know that the opposing teams hate him. Yeah. And his antics. But it's funny. The mustache celebration, everything. What what a player to watch. Yeah, but I mean, if he thing, played for Duke or Kentucky, oh, he would be hated yeah. nationally. Hated. Hated. No, he's got the benefit of playing for a program like Gonzaga. But you know what I mean? Like, Leitner, there's a difference in the personalities, too. Like, yes. he's got more of a yeah, funny, like, like look at me, mustache, you know, flexing thing. A very self-aware type deal. Leitner was just dirty. I mean, he had a smirk on his face. He would talk trash. He embraced yeah. the villain. Yeah, kicking villain. Timberlake while he's down. I mean, he was a dirty guy. I don't know that Timmy is dirty, per se. He's just more funny. He's the rec league guy <laughs> who gets under your skin, but he's funny about Here's it. Here's the one thing about yeah. the officials, too. I thought the, the official who called the three good very emphatically, and some people are like, oh, he had, uh, he had this axe. No, he, too, appreciated Oh, my God, this fantastic game that I just officiated ended, and he was emphatically saying, unquestionably, the ball was out of his hand in time, and that was good. He was putting the cherry on top of, of the game. I had no problem at all with an emphatic, that basket's good call to end, end the game. One, one more thing on, on the uh, Leitner. I think the one thing that makes that maybe a nose better, that's a win or lose shot. Suggs is a winner overtime, double overtime shot. So there's more at stake with Leitner's play, which was a prayer, right? That game was over. Uh, you know, he, he knew he had the time to make the shimmy and, and get the shot off. It included the pass. There were, there were more moving parts to that play, which also was uh, all or nothing play. Suggs' play was fantastic with 3.3 left. Obviously knew where he was, obviously has practiced those kind of scenarios a lot, not taking anything away from it. He misses, though, what happens. 
they go to the bench and, and they come back out and play some more, which we all would have enjoyed as well. Phenomenal. But I'd, I'd give it by a nose, maybe. I, I'd call them the two best games. Uh, and I'm them. trying to think of what would make that game better. The only thing I can come up with is a double overtime. If he misses that shot and then hits a similar shot to end double overtime, that's the only thing that could make it better was more of that game. I also think it's heightened The fact that it ended in overtime was almost a robbery to us because at, at one point I'm thinking, I would like to see more of this if, if in yeah. fact, it comes down I to that. I also think it gets heightened a little bit because as good, it's been a very good tournament. But there haven't been a lot of buzzers, right? Has anything happened at the buzzer? We've seen miss close misses at the buzzer. Well, UCLA was involved in UCLA. one. UCLA. Reese for Alabama hit the buzzer beater to send it to overtime. Right. Not for the win, but they But we haven't seen a game end on a shot at the buzzer. We saw a miss that was very close. We saw foul shots right at the end. But I think it's almost heightened because you've waited the whole tournament. There hasn't been one. And now in the biggest moment, this unbelievable shot makes it even better it really is though a perfect ending to that to that game game. almost perfect game because ucla had a a great run through this tournament first four in they make it to the final four they take gonzaga and test them to the brink uh the the best test that they faced all season they shoot what 58 percent from the floor against the bulldogs in this game and they lose, not by anything that they did, but by Suggs and Gonzaga stepping up at every crucial moment to come back and win the game, tie the game, make the big shots as they were tested. UCLA did everything right. Um, you mentioned it, Chad. You, there's no loser in the game, which heightens the impact of how we'll remember it. Uh, but the way UCLA went out, they're, they're going to re- be remembered for the perfect play, even though they lost the game. Bulldogs answered every time. Every time. And you tweeted about it. How about mid-range jumpers? Well, they hit, I, I think I read yeah. something, between the foul line and the arc, were they 8 for 12? They were. So advanced analytics points to don't shoot mid-range jumpers. You shoot a 3 or you shoot a shot down low. They were, and I was looking at one of these advanced analytics sites that, that I go to, Based on shot selection, Gonzaga should have won by 24 points. Is that right? That's how poor the shot selection was by UCLA. That poor, they quote, making. unquote, by well, No shot by Johnny Juzang is a bad shot right. at that point. I mean, I say poor just by the basics of basketball. Or by Tiger Campbell. It's poor. But in that game, it was perfect. Uh, Jaquez also yes. I mean, was, was great. And they're talking about his NBA potential now and possibly leaving early even. Uh, it was just incredible to watch. Gonzaga took the, the, the best shot possible from UCLA. I mean, the, every single punch. And what did they do? It wasn't just Timmy or Suggs. It was Kispert with that inbound play dunk. Some threes by him. Oh, Nimhard with a huge three. Ayayi was, was incredible in the game. I mean, everyone that played in that game stepped up at, at different times. Riley for UCLA was big for a stretch. It was just amazing to see everyone that came into that game played at their absolute best. It's so rare in any sporting event where you have everyone show up and play great. I mean, how, how rare, you're, we're usually talking about, man, that was a good game, but what if that star player would have shot better? Or what if this player would have done what they normally did throughout the season? This was a game where everyone elevated their play. And the result was an absolute classic. The... The other aspect of this is the game was played in the 80s and 90s, 80s in regulation, 90s in overtime. 
and you had Gonzaga, who averages, what, 93, 94 points per game. They hit right there on their average once they got to overtime. UCLA was able to keep pace. You know, if this game's played in the 50s and 60s, I don't remember it the same way. No. Uh, and this is a Gonzaga team that missed the first six threes of the second half, and they still put up the points that they did. Well, and I even thought at halftime, you know, Gonzaga trailed the whole first half for the most part, and they scored to take a one- or two-point lead at halftime, thinking, well, they just took UCLA's best shot, and they're up two, so they're going to win by 15. Yeah. And then the second half, they're taking UCLA's best shot again. Again. And they continue. They get up six at one point, and I'm thinking, all right, now here we go. I think there's about 10 minutes left. Gonzaga's going to pull away. And UCLA had an answer every single time. Yeah, and let's not forget what a big dog UCLA was in this. I mean, we collectively gave 14, 14 and, a and a half. half. I mean, that's outrageous underdog success story. And I can't help but keep thinking the Villanova, who had no business with Georgetown way back, won a national championship playing a perfect game against Patrick Ewing. And UCLA did virtually the same thing. Still lost. But – uh, you know, executed, uh, you know, and I, I thought Cronin was terrific after the game saying, you know, I, I couldn't have asked him to do anything differently. There's, there's, uh, uh, and he really couldn't have. There's, no. there's no moment of regret to look back on on that game like you're saying. Well, you, everybody wants their team to rise to the occasion and to step up in the and moment. they did. UCLA survives overtime against Michigan State in the first four. And you want to talk about a team that rose to the occasion. Game in, game out. Again, they played their best basketball all season when it mattered the most. So, again, I, I don't want to be this sappy, you know, little league type guy of everyone gets a trophy. But in that game, everyone deserves a trophy. You can't. You're going to walk off that court disappointed if you're UCLA. You didn't. You played that well and didn't get the result you wanted. But man, there is nothing to be ashamed about on either side. They they are a part of history now. And speaking of history, you mentioned Villanova. I think of Chris Jenkins and that three to beat North Carolina in the national championship game and Jay Wright's reaction where he just immediately walked over to Roy Williams, to, you know, and, yep. and gave him the handshake. Mark Few had a very similar yeah. response to it where he put his hands up and celebrated for about a second turned. and then kind of shrugged and looked at Mick Cronin like, sorry that it had to go down that way, which I thought was really cool Classic. for Mark Few. And it sets up tonight's matchup, Gonzaga and Baylor. And just for the second time, we have two teams that were ranked in the top three for the duration of the entire year meeting for the national championship. It's, it's rare to see the top two teams meet for the title uh, in, in the tournament, let alone that, that have been there for the entire year. Uh, the other two that did that was back in the 60s. Cincinnati beat Ohio State the last time we saw this happen. Two teams that were in the top three nationally ranked all year. Uh, but to me, I'm thinking no matter what happens tonight, we will remember this tournament for Gonzaga, UCLA. Oh, I think, I think, I, I mean, you're right, and this highlight, the, the bank shot is everywhere. How about the LA Times classic headline, banked robbery, uh, as, as UCLA's hometown paper, terrific. But if Gonzaga doesn't win tonight, that game, it lessens the, it. the game is great, but it lessens the meaning for the Zags. It takes away the undefeated season. They need to. It doesn't lessen the game. Well, the game will, will be remembered as the, 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 the greatest game, game. But the game will be – it's it's always going to be remembered, but I do think that – It's a validation tonight. You're on to something, Paul, in that it's a uh, big part of the Duke-Kentucky lore was that Duke went on to win their, their second straight title. That was the hunted almost getting caught, and that was the best team, you know, year-round. Duke the year before, that's where they upset UNLV, which would have been a similar upset in the national semifinal. 
They had a 45-game winning streak going into that game. Duke beats UNLV. Coach K gets over the hump, wins his first. They're the odds-on favorite all year long to be the national champion and repeat with Leitner and Hurley and Grant Hill and all those guys, and they almost get caught. If Duke goes on to the Final Four after that Elite Eight game and loses, it's not quite – it's big. It's a moment we're still seeing, but not quite as big. It's viewed as a letdown. I'm with you that I think Gonzaga now needs to win. It's viewed as they they left it – they they were out of gas after. Yeah. You know, Baylor's an afterthought right now. Zags have to be coronated, I I feel like. And I think they will. I think they will. I also said – and I, I'm glad it proved to be true. I thought when the Zags got into a tight game, the fact that they didn't play tight all year, what they had one single-digit victory was over West Virginia all year, it wasn't going to matter to them that they hadn't played close. This idea, oh, you need to lose one or you need to have been in a close game. I thought that they would be able to rise to the occasion because they're that good that they would be fine in a close game and able to, to play to a high level given that situation. It turned out that they weren't. Check out the screen. FanDuel has carried over the offer from the Final Four for tonight. 40 to 1 odds tonight you can take for new users at FanDuel.com slash OK360. You can take Baylor or Gonzaga Moneyline at 40 to 1 odds. $5 bet nets you $200. You can pick either team and you're a guaranteed winner if you can find another person, a buddy of yours, your wife, girlfriend, whoever it may be, that wants to sign up as a new user as well, you can split the teams and still make a profit off a $5 bet. Outkick 360 rolls on. (laughs) Draft need, even to this point of the offseason, all of that more coming up on Outkick 360. As we roll on, we invite you to follow us on Twitter, at Outkick 360, and subscribe on YouTube and to the podcast wherever you download your podcast. If you have an, uh, an Amazon device, you can ask Alexa, search Outkick on YouTube. The show will pop up immediately. Bang. That's right. In a moment, we will describe what's going on behind Paul and Chad uh, with Masters Week kicking off and the significance of the shirt behind PK's shoulder. But first, Chad, let's continue the discussion about whether or not what we witnessed was the greatest game. In and of itself, the fact that we're saying this in the same conversation with Kentucky and Duke in the Leitner shot puts it and qualifies it as greatest of blank. But even those that were there courtside for Kentucky and Duke say that they loved what they saw on Saturday. So Jay Billis was on SportsCenter over the weekend. I love Jay Billis's basketball commentary. And uh, we're going to play you a little bit of what he said. He tells the story very well because the first game that pops up in comparison, Duke, Kentucky, 92, and the Leitner shot, where here's what Jay Billis had to say about a certain call that he received after the game. You know, it's funny. Like I think when you have a game like that and you don't have many of them in your lifetime, uh, you wind up wanting to talk to somebody about it. And, and I got text messages and calls last night from people in the NBA, you name it, for, from all walks. But, but the best call I got was from Bill Raftery. And it was uh, about 2 in the morning. And he had called, and, and usually when he calls at 2 in the morning, it's for a different reason. But w- <laughs> when he called at 2 in the morning, we started talking about that game and the different plays in it and how great it was. And he said that Vern Lundquist had called him. And Vern Lundquist called the Duke-Kentucky game in 92 and said, tell, tell your partner Grant Hill he's got to move one step back 
because that's the best game ever. You know, that kind of thing. Like, wow. it, like people know the real deal when they see it. And that was the real deal. I, 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 I put it up with the top games in any sport I've ever seen. And all, all those tweets you just put up from mm -hmm. sports luminaries in every sport, I mean, that just doesn't happen for any game. This thing was, was different. It, it, was, it was unique. I have so many questions about that phone call. First of all, what's the volume level on a phone call from Bill at 2 a.m.? Hey, kid, are you still up? Kid. Well, I, I am now. There you go. Pretty good uh, impression also of uh, Bill Raftery. The real deal, as he described it. But that's from Vern Lundquist, who called that great 92 game also. I'm not, uh, I'm not up to snuff on Sports Center anchors, but who's that child anchor that they have working there? I, I have no idea. <laughs> Matt Berry, I think, is his name. No, that no, wasn't that, Matt that Barry. Wasn't that's Matt not Barry. Matt Berry? No, no, that's not Matt Berry. That was someone different. <laughs> then I don't know who the child is. <laughs> I know Matt Berry well. Uh, he's also a young-looking guy. Yeah, he's a young-looking guy. That was a young guy. Yes, that was like uh, the high school version of Sports Center. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the fact that this game produces this uh, – this quote-unquote debate tells us a couple things. Um, one, it, it reinforces how, how great this game was. Two, it tells us how quick we are to search for something to debate about the great game, right? We automatically need to uh, slot it into context and kind of debate whether it's great. We could certainly say it's know. the best game since 92. I don't know if we're debating it, though. I think we're appreciating it. Yeah. I think there, there, I, there's I, no I, we're I, not arguing over the fact of what we just saw was well, excellent and it was poised it was tough physical it's like Bill has said right you know you know it when you see it yeah the real deal it was it was perfect what yeah. what we saw on Saturday night was perfect for the final four but matchup so I don't know if there's some you know th there may be some manufactured debate going yeah, don't on turn this on morning first take right with now. first take or you know with uh, undisputed but that's just you know that's what they do I I, I think the conversations I've had over the last three days have been more about, man, how awesome was it to sit and witness that game start to finish and not have a single complaint about the way things ended and the magnitude and the excellence of execution. And what's been the biggest unifying sports event since, uh, since COVID uh, put us at home? Like, I, I don't remember. I'm sure there have been a few. Uh, or since political divisiveness really has come to rule the day, I think it feels extra special. Maybe the, probably the Masters with when Tiger, Tiger. won. Yeah, yep, that's a good one. All right, but I can't even think of another one. <laughs> there are Hutton's fewer. Right, that's it. There are fewer and fewer absolutely unifying events for America anymore. And so this is that certainly, certainly one. Yeah, right? but not yeah, in the, it's still in the political element. Yeah, yeah it was in the political era, we'll but it was soon. not in the COVID. COVID era. And so uh, I'm just thinking of this now, but I think it was a delight on Saturday night to be on Twitter, to get texts from your friends, and for absolutely everybody to be on the same side of this in agreement. That was terrific. And for their impossible, who was the one dissenting voice? Skip Bayless finding something wrong with it, and everybody universally saying that's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not even worth doing it. It's the point it's not worth bringing up no. because he's lucky not, shot. You know that he's not that dumb. No, he's just bringing that up to give. Uh, he's trying to be the adversary. If everyone's on one side, I got to be on the other to get people talking about me. So I, I don't even want to talk about it or or him with that. Yeah, the cool thing about the whole story that we played right there from, it's Vern Lundquist, a guy in his 80s, who called this legendary game and has been a part of so many legendary moments. Typically, you would think. Someone in their 80s moment. 
would say, well, hold on a second. I, I was at Leitner and Duke, and that Duke-Kentucky game, you can't manufacture that rivalry between this budding program and Duke at the time under Coach K and Kentucky and what Patino was doing and coming back from death and to have that group of overachievers in that game and the war that it was, you would think Vern Lundquist in his 80s would come back and say, let's not compare it to that right away. Rip on Instead, he's calling Bill Raftery and saying, tell your partner Grant Hill there he needs to move aside. That's the greatest game I've ever seen. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Also, I, I, do, I do wonder two things about tonight's game. First, Baylor, it, the roles were reversed, right? When we did our, <laughs> we did our parlay, we were taking, uh, many were arguing Baylor and Houston was going to be tighter than five and a half points, which was the spread, and that you would take Gonzaga over UCLA and lay the points. We, I, 14 and a half. I, I, I took both favorites and, and lost, like most of America did with Gonzaga and UCLA, but I never saw Baylor blowing out Houston to the effect that they did. Roles reversed on the spread. Um, and I, I, I think Baylor's hitting a stride now, and I wonder what is the emotional drain after a game like that on a team? Not, not that Gonzaga stood up to their best test of the season, because they did, uh, and they are the best team in the, in the country, but the emotional drain after the fact of a massive moment like that to come back and now have to play Baylor, who's hitting their stride and has – one of the best on-ball defenders in Davion Mitchell, one-on-one -on -one with Jalen Suggs. I can't wait to watch well, that game tonight. I think it's because of that matchup. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Mark Few having the Herb Brooks conversation, which Chad and I were saying. You got to validate that game by finishing it. And Herb uh, Herb Brooks to the U.S. team after they beat the Russians. Mark Few, not to be overly dramatic, is saying the same thing. If you don't win this game, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. It's yeah. right here. He had a different you. line. Go, go that, finish. That we can know. use on the internet, right. but not on on radio. He said, "You'll take this to your bleeping graves. Yeah. Your bleeping graves if you lose this game after Finland. one period." But I, yeah, I don't think he has to say that to this team. They they are well, just they're just too calm, cool, and collected. Right. But you asked about the emotional toll. That's how you make sure that the emotional toll doesn't doesn't play out tonight. So I give just, me one more. Yeah. We need one I'm more. I'm defined on this, and I may come back tomorrow and look like an idiot, and you guys can play this back for me. But they, they had their scare. Like, there is going to be an emotional drain to a game like that, but I don't see it affecting this Gonzaga team. I think that they are grateful that they were locked in a battle like that, that they took UCLA's punch time and time again and kept making plays, and they hit, you can call it lucky, but a great shot by Jalen Suggs. I think that they're grateful to be in this spot now, and they are going to cruise tonight. And Baylor's good. Cruise. Ba Baylor's a great – I think there's two great teams in college basketball, and it's Gonzaga and Baylor, and they're in the same group. But I, I think Gonzaga being pushed the way they were in that game, they come out tonight, and they, they win by double digits. I think UCLA turned out to be a great team. Yeah. I, I mean, what they did in this tournament run, they weren't a great team all season. But, no, they lost uh, their what final four games going yeah, into the tournament. Which There's is a crazy. reason they were first. And they were down. Force. They were down 14 to Michigan State in the right. in the first four. But what they did over the last three weeks, uh, I don't think anybody would want to 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 have played them either. Well, I forgot who tweeted it, but he's like, it, it, and it was a USC guy, I believe, who said it's unfortunate that UCLA can now say. 
come to UCLA and win a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We told you we could do it. You know, yeah. Years and years of titles. And Mick Cronin here, here we are. A, a ton of credit. I think it's a 10-point game tonight probably too, Chad. I, 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 I tend to be on board. I'm not as confident and sounds like you maybe could even see it being a blowout. Well, this is no knock on Baylor either because no. they are great and I they look just running into the Saturday. wrong team. They've allowed just 61 points per game in the tournament run. Yeah, I'm Baylor. still going 81 and a half over. And they've been exactly. in some tight contests, and then they pull away. Again, they're terrific. Mitchell's defense, the way they can defend. I know Houston's known for their defense. And Suggs off, off the dribble. Suggs off the dribble and getting getting to the rim. Uh, he's over 50 percent off off the drive. I mean, just creating a shot and and, and also off the dish. He's fantastic. He's just a, an excellent guard. He's up there with. Uh, you know Evans and Conley and and Rose and, and those guys. When you think of the the freshman impact, but beyond that, the, the defense by Davion Mitchell. There there are those if you follow the NBA draft that say no one player has helped his draft stock more than Davion Mitchell in this tournament run. Right. Him so Suggs with him, well. with him, well Suggs is already a top three pick yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. Davion possibly Mitchell, number one overall, possibly. And, and and Davion Mitchell now is a national name. Yeah. Because of his, his style of play offensively, but also what he does on defense. I'll give you another national name now, Johnny Juzang. Who, I mean, who, yep. was, who was talking about him? I remember he lit up Tennessee a year ago at Kentucky when they came to Knoxville. He was a guy off the bench that no one was expecting anything from and couldn't miss in that game. That was the first time I heard of Johnny Juzang. He goes back home to UCLA and leaves Kentucky. What do you think Kentucky fans are thinking? As they sit at home, not even close to getting in the tournament this what year. What is Coach Cal? And they're thinking? watching Johnny Juzang just light up America. What's Cal thinking? We like, I couldn't find a way to get this guy on the on the court. Boy, it's a. Uh, I don't not, think he's not a great conceding look. a mistake because I don't think he's a guy that concedes many mistakes. Uh, but his team didn't make the tournament, so. No. <laughs> I think it's pretty pretty <laughs> fair to look at you know both programs right now and say, well, who who made the mistake here? Which is crazy. We to know consider. who's on the upswing of those two programs right now. They're not. Well, and it's not a while we're talking coaches, Cronin. How many times did you see his dad on the broadcast? I uh, I wasn't very unfortunate that every time I saw the twice. I noticed twice. And I thought of you both times, Paul. Uh, Me they, and Hep. They went to they went to Hep, and he's picking his nose both times. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's allergy season, uh, so there's a chance. <laughs> I've already I've already, already I've already fought off one sneeze today on the show. Have you? I don't know if I'll be when able to make it the whole time. You're going to make it. I don't think we've had. Have you ever seen me grab yet. my face in a weird way? That's usually me forcing back sneeze a sneeze. Uh, unfortunately for old Hep, he couldn't hold back the the nose the picking, pick. the booger picking on on air. So when it bothers you, it bothers you. When you've got yeah, a bug, you got to get that bug out. <laughs> and that's what that's what. It's Hep hard does. if you got a camera on you the whole time. I think it's impressive that we collectively uh, today is day 16. Mm-hmm. We have not Chad's had an on-air up with, Chad's sneeze. our daily counter here. 16. We've not had an on-air sneeze. I'm, I'm putting it on Twitter only I'm because jinxing. I want to document how many shows we've done. So you'll see Monday, day 16, Tuesday, day 17. We don't believe in We're doing that for ourselves, not for you. Uh, so I'm not going to say we're jinxing ourselves by talking about not having an on-air sneeze. But I do feel we're due. Also love Lance and Jacob. We are. But I think there is a 0% chance they turn one of our mics off in time. Oh, no, they'll boost There is them no up. way, because they're going to be looking. I'm going to be doing this or something, and Jacob's going to be looking behind him like, no, am I This doesn't attacked? mean Mike What's off. going on? They're, they're not going to. This what doesn't is, mean Mike What is Mike off? Uh, okay, like that. Uh, right. What does this mean? I don't like what you're doing. Yeah, 
no good. No, no. You guys suck. Uh, boo. The uh, right now my Orioles are three and zero. I just want to mention that because they're ahead of the Yankees and it's an April tradition for us. They're at least two games up. Chad, um, let's do that. Are they scoring runs? Because our teams are not scoring. They are. They put they up are. eleven yesterday wow. against. They put up eleven against uh, the Red Sox. Yeah, that'll be a month. Uh, for the the Braves not doing so well right now, but they will. That's the yeah. End. Look, they're, it's, they're hit. it's fine. These people that overreact yeah. to early, Your little early friend season is, games. He, he thought that one at bat killed it. Oh and oh and three. Uh, you know, swept by the Phillies. Phillies are good. How much did you get I to like, watch? I like their roster. I'm, I'm curious. How much did you get to watch the local? Broadcast the regional broadcast for them. I watched quite a on so uh, Saturday that it was Joe Buck doing the game on FS1. I watched uh, not much on opening day. I watched a lot yesterday on how much are, it, it seems how much like the they, exact same broadcast. How much are they talking about MLB's decision to pull the All Star game in Atlanta on their broadcast? I did not hear it discussed once on on the Braves broadcast. So there's been a, an edict sent down. I'm pretty sure that. Which is ridiculous. Um, that, yes, there's been an edict sent down for Major League Baseball on that. Are we going to get into this now? Yeah. Or do we want to take a break and, and get into it? Well, we can get into it after the break, absolutely. I, before the break, though, let's point out what is behind Paul. Uh, if someone's wondering, like, why does Paul have his shirt hanging up behind him? This is the Masters shirt. It's famous. I'm trying to send the photo, um, and I will to the guys of Paul on the course at Augusta National where uh, he's wearing this shirt and uh, was it the final time it's been worn? No. Three or four years ago? Paul got back from Augusta National and was crushed, really? crushed for his, his worn uh, attire. I've worn it. Uh, with the button-up shirt, short sleeve, and the, I think the pattern. They thought, why are you wearing this on a golf course? And I remember. It was fun. I remember Paul walking around. I didn't even think twice about it at the time. And then I get back and I'm thinking, yeah, we all, everyone there is wearing a polo except for Paul. I took it up a notch. I, I dressed it up an extra notch for the Masters. So this My is the Masters shirt. Augusta. Um, there was a song written about it. Uh, yeah, there was. There was a song a written song. about many things. Parody, parody song, song written about it. And we guessed the price of what he paid, which was around $80 uh, for said shirt that now hangs yeah. I also have a blue plaid studio. shirt uh, of the same uh, I bought two shirts. And it blends in a bit with the wall here at Blackbird Studio, but you can see behind Chad the Masters jacket, which we give for our 360 Masters champion on June the 10th. We normally have our charity golf tournament at Top Golf the Thursday before the Masters, which would have been last Thursday uh, because of some scheduling issues and capacity requirements. We've moved it back a few months, so this year it will be Thursday, June 10th. It's a terrific Tickets event. go on sale tomorrow. More details on that coming up tomorrow and how you can be a part of a big night that will benefit the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Tennessee if you're in the Middle Tennessee area. Hang with us. More coming from Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Big thanks to our entire crew for making the show happen today. Like and follow us on social media. You can find the show on podcast as well and live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If, you, uh, if you're watching, you're in the mid-state. If you're in the mid-south and you're planning on making uh, a trip down to Atlanta for the All-Star game this year, that's not happening. MLB pulling the All-Star game out of Atlanta, making that decision on Friday. 
due to the new voter requirements across the state of Georgia. And that led to a ton of reaction on social media, both on Friday and all through the weekend, including today. I think it's a terrible decision by Major League Baseball. And I think that anyone that really looks into this law um, and, and sees it for what it is and isn't just regurgitating headlines from places like the New York Times will understand that it's ridiculous. Uh, the state of New York is more restrictive when it comes to voting. Did Georgia get more restrictive than this past election? Yes, but that's because of COVID-19 laws making it a lot easier to vote in this last election. It's way more open than it was in 2016 with this voting law. This whole thing about depriving people of food and water, it's the same as in the state of Tennessee and a lot of other states, 35 states in fact. You can get food and water just 150 feet from the entrance. 50 yards away, yeah. 50 yards away, they're just making it where you can't have people come out and bribe people with a lot of food and water. In the state of New York, for instance, you can't give anyone, even the license, only the polling employees can give out, and it's gotta be less than a dollar in value. So they can hand you bottles of water. This is not uncommon. But we've come to a point in this country where everything has to be divvied up. Charles Barkley said it very well, that there are powers that be that are profiting and benefiting on turning people into robots on opposite sides of each other and getting people to hate each other. And when Major League, I know why Major League Baseball is doing this. It's not because they have some passionate argument about what's going on in Georgia. It's because they're corporate sponsors They've got some people there that are coming in and giving them a lot of heat about moving it out of Atlanta because they disagree with it politically. This is not some righteous stance by Major League Baseball. But what it does when you're a sports group like baseball and you get involved in these political things, it alienates people. It alienates your fan base. And there's a lot of people who aren't rushing to social media in fake outrage about what's going on that are pissed off about this. And I do think it will hurt their bottom line. Is it gonna kill the sport? No. And I don't think that wokeness or whatever you wanna call it, that it's gonna ultimately kill sports. Will it hurt sports? Yes, I think that it will. I think the pandemic hurt sports also. That's a part of TV ratings also in decline. But I just think it's an, it's an awful decision by Major League Baseball. I don't, I don't see any other way around it. There's no reason to make some of these changes. And if New York is more restrictive, then New York should become less restrictive. Well, here's, MLB here's, should, should take things out of New York then. That's the precedent. That's fine, saying. but that's not what's at issue here. What's at issue but what, right why now is, it is at Georgia. Issue? I let you do your thing, so let me talk. The elected Secretary of State, who's head of the election commission, elected official is now not in charge of it. An appointed official is in charge of it. Who would you rather have, an elected official or an appointed official? Who, who made this decision? Was it elected officials right. that got together and, by the way, negotiated this for four months? For four months, Republicans and Democrats, they had to come up with a plan because Georgia took 15 days to come up with their voting election results. And they had to go into audit official audit because there were so many inconsistencies. Did they come up with the with results? Voting? They, they came up with the I don't, results. I, look, I think they came up with the this right results. This is sore losers. They came up with the right results. Sore losers, altering rules to make it harder for the people in the areas. How is it harder? How is it harder? Well, here are a couple ways that it's hard. You have to show hard. your ID. That's, that's no, very hard. No, showing your ID is fine, but it reduces the time frame uh, that you can get an absentee ballot. 
So why? It, it worked fine. They got the how right results. How did, how did it work fine? They got the right results, it, and more people could the, get absentee. The right by. results. There were 15 days it took. An audit had to take place. You have to present an ID to get a beer or to get for I, major league baseball objecting. purposes to get yeah, tickets to for will call. I'm not objecting to the ID thing. Okay, so there are the more, ID thing. There out. are more available days now out. to vote. There are more available days now it to vote. It cuts the time voters have to request an absentee ballot. It limits where you can drop off your ballot. That makes it harder on some people. Those, I, here's my argument. Those, some Don't those, make it harder. Make it easier. Period. Oh. Don't put an appointed person in charge of it. Put an elected person in charge of it. Here's my thing. In anything, I want an elected person in charge, not an appointed person in charge. You know why? An appointed person, A, getting appointed, you have more chance of being corrupt. B, once you're in, you have more chance of being corrupt. And I, as a voter have less chance of voting you out. You know why? Because you're not, you're not elected. You're appointed. New York, you These have nine days of early voting. In Georgia, I don't care about New York. I'm talking about a new I, bill I, I this is, that's but changing this things. Is, this is this the why problem. Don't you, you should care when about you, New York. When you fight New York selective, should change as well. When you fight selective battles like this, that's all right. right? Let me give you the, the problem with Major League Baseball taking a stand on this. When you fight these little selective battles, you open yourself up to questions like this. Let's look into New York. Let's look into the president's home state of Delaware, and we see how much more restrictive it is. Is it racism in New York and Delaware? Are they disenfranchising people? Show me where it's disenfranchising people in Georgia to require an ID for an absentee ballot. And yes, Again, there are I, less I, I, ballot I, I, box drop-offs. I have to say I'm, I'm with you on the because IDs. of because of COVID-19. They had more opportunities. This was a weird election cycle because of COVID-19 for this. And you and say it worked well you and it say increased these are, voter turnout. So let's stick with it. Let's stick with anything I, that increases voter turnout. Yeah, it worked great. I want as many people to vote as possible. Yeah, it worked Is great. Is that bad? There was an audit. Paul, there's not stopping anyone from voting with these laws. Explain to me where this is stopping someone it, from voting. It's I want everyone to vote lines. on this. It's creating long lines. You know what happened in Florida in 2000 when they had huge problems? It's creating reform. Creating long lines. When they had problems in Georgia, they're reforming it to make it where they can come to a result that's easier to come to. It's not going to take 15 days and an audit to get to. And yes, there were all these places that were open and everything happening in a COVID-19 year. It's not going to be that way every single part time. Part of the reason they're doing this And they this still stuff, have more open days to go vote than a state like reason, New York. Part of the reason they're doing this stuff is reaction to all these allegations of fraud, all of which were proved false. Okay. All of which were proved false. So Stacey court Abrams saying court, that she got jobbed court. out of the 2018 election and trumpeted like a damn hero and being invited on Stephen Colbert? to go and say that she had it robbed from her and she was 50,000 votes shy? How is that right? I, I didn't say So it she right. can do it and she's a hero, but Republicans want to say that, you know, maybe there were some irregularities but those in all one election court. because of COVID, because there was an ID required they on absentee all went ballots. To court. They're all wrong? They all went to court and they were all thrown out. There were no irregularities found in Georgia. No irregularities found with Stacey Abrams 2018 election. Yet this she continues to profit. Abrams Again, this is what the problem is, though, Paul. When you open yourself up, politics are ridiculous on both sides. And when you start this game of I'm going to take this, I'm going to take my ball and run with it yeah. because I'm pissed off at this one side and only one side is heard, you get these arbitrary battles in different areas for everything only that's thrown out there. Only one side was heard in doing the bill. It was all Republicans. 
The you bill think, is passed all Republicans. And again, you're saying you don't care about New York's restrictions. I do care about New York's restrictions. You just said you I think, didn't. I, I think, well, I, I don't. In, right now, what's at issue is Georgia. But my, I think every state should make it as easy as possible to I, vote. Well, no, That's no, my stance. But, but whenever the sports are getting involved and they're pulling things out of certain states based on restrictions, when more states, more states are more restrictive than the ones that they're complaining about or standing up against, what message does that send? Well, they're reacting to new legislation, all right? So, they're it, reacting to new which is still less restrictive than old legislation that they never took. They never well, took they a stance should, against. They should take a stance. I agree against all voting. And they're not. Registration. They're simply well, not. Let's see so what where, they do where do they go? Forward. Then where are we going to go? They joined 35 states that require an ID for absentee ballots. I don't know when you there and I were, were 15 states left that don't do that. When you and I were discussing the one other thing I want to bring up is your big concern for local business in Atlanta that's losing out on this, right? Who's who's the big local? Didn't you agree? Well, Lo I, local I, business from I think it's I think estimated around 100 million dollars will will be lost. There's there's other estimates say 190 million dollars. Okay, and the number out one out of a city with more black and brown owned businesses than any city okay. major city in America. But would you agree the number one local business area that will be affected by this is the battery? I, I don't I don't know. I mean, yes, it'll be affected heavily. The battery is is the uh, the shopping and food area I haven't been to the ballpark yet but it's it's right there right at truest ballpark yeah, and I now. think the employees of all these places are affected the employees are affected it's two days right not great but two days I went through the places in the battery yesterday they're they're headquartered in Columbus Ohio Bonita Springs Florida Hingham Massachusetts Austin Texas Denver base uh, Portland much more than they're based in Georgia. So, then so why, that argument doesn't hold Why is Major Baseball punishing water. those states then and those companies? Well, that's what I'm saying. It, because the ones that are really hit are the ones that are not getting tips and not having extra days to work. For two days. And who are those people? For two days, Atlanta people are getting hurt by that. But somebody else is going to benefit by it. Major League Baseball played a game in Cuba. So I'm for... And now they're going to be high and mighty on this. They played a game in Cuba. And you're going to say, well, that's not the issue at hand right now. Well, and I'm going to say, Paul, do you have a problem with presidents lying? Absolutely. Okay. Do you have a problem with Joe Biden going on ESPN and claiming this is Jim Crow on steroids? Do you know how, talk to anyone in the South that lived through the Jim Crow era. And you know how insulting that is to people that lived through that era? When he claims this law about requiring an ID is Jim Crow on steroids? You keep saying when he also says, an ID. When Joe Biden says, when Joe Biden says, the issue is not the problem. Do you that think it's insulting to Jim Crow laws to say it's not steroids. my talking point? Paul, I'm telling you other issues with it. When he, says, when he says working class people can't get to the polls by 5 p.m. and they're closing the polls at 5 p.m. and polls close at 7 p.m., is that a problem? When the I, president's I haven't saying that? seen that specifically. That's a huge problem. I, that's a problem. If that's he's a off big, by two hours, that's the off problem by two is, hours. Though, but if you're making that like it's a presidential lie. The problem is, and I, I, see this, I see this in my that, comments. That, that's, the problem that's is people hear that and agree. It's a problem when the previous president lied about it and people just hear it and agree with it. But when people are mentioning what Biden said about it and quoting him directly, this is misinformation. This is a false narrative that's put out there. And now Major League Baseball is bringing more light to it. I hope in the end that this leads to more wide discussion about it and people can actually see the truth for what it is. 
That's I, my hope. I hope that everybody makes it easier for everybody to vote. I think it should be. I think we should vote online. I think you should have a week to go online and vote. That security, cybersecurity in America should be good enough that it should be that easy to vote. That I should be able to go and online you know and vote in, in five minutes. I think we should be able to do it. I think Facebook we should aspire can't even keep their members it. private, and said, they are all about security. I said I think we should aspire to do it. I think we should be able. That's great. To do it. That's well, not possible. I want elections where everyone is under the same rules, where there's a lot of availability to get to the polls, even on the weekends, which that's been expanded in Georgia now too. I want elections where everyone has to have an ID to vote. I want elections that if you want an absentee ballot, there's a no excuse clause in it. Delaware, New York, you have to give an excuse. I like that Georgia opened it up and said, you know what, I don't have to give you my reason for having an absentee ballot, but I do have to give you my ID or my ID number in order to vote. So it's one vote per citizen. I want all these things to happen. I've yet to been told anything that is restricting anyone from voting. Show me where this rule disenfranchises anyone. Disenfranchisement, by the way, Major League Baseball taking a stance on for a league that played in Cuba and defended that decision. Talk about disenfranchisement. Uh, uh, did you see the pictures of the people in line to vote any, anywhere in America? The people that 100 feet from the... No, just people get water? in line at polls to vote. Wisconsin, Atlanta, uh, Georgia, anywhere. Did you see the, picture, the, long, the pictures of people in line to yes. vote? Were they mostly white? They were not. Okay. They make it harder, generally speaking. It's the places where it's hard to vote are not places where you and I vote. Would you agree with that? And they gave those availability. There's more availability now in those places. It's harder physical to vote locations, in those places now. Physical locations, okay. In those places but now, again. Those pe the people you're talking about weren't voting absentee because you said they're well, they're discouraging them from voting absentee. They're trying to, get, to lessen the lines by giving it. you more opportunities to vote. They're not discouraging them to vote absentee. They still can. They've cut down the period in which If they, they got tired absentee. of standing in line, the next election they can Paul, vote absentee they're, if they're they They're cutting so down the period of time because they don't want any sense of impropriety. They don't want it to be 15 days after the election. They don't want a no bunch of ballots of to come in late. Just have no impropriety, which there wasn't. So there, there should not be an all-star game played in New York moving forward until they change Paul, their voting but, but there was in 2018? And, and rules. Like Stacey Abrams is, is Just for the record, anyone that has restrictions that are more than what Georgia just implemented. I think the MLB, I'm fine MLB with the MLB saying, all money out of there. I, I want uh, right? broader... Uh, voting, not less, broader, voting not broader, less voting restrictions from everybody. We're going to campaign for that across the board. And we're going to cancel all of all that are planned there that and we are. moving forward until you change your policies. I, I mean, I don't expect they're going to do that, but I think it would be within reason based on what they're doing here. So let's stop baseball. Let's end it. Let's stop baseball and until I think everyone can it, vote whoever they and, want. And I think this thing where everything immediately, if somebody disagrees with somebody that you call it cancel culture, is very snowflakey. Quite frankly, if 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 you disagree with something and you have a consequence that you want to put on it, now everyone's oh my God, it's cancel culture, cancel culture, and quite frankly, it makes you sound like the people that you object to, who you call snowflakes. You allowed Major League Baseball, whether you think it's right or wrong, they're allowed to assign a consequence. You don't, but some people do. You're allowed to, to assign a consequence. I'm fine with that, too, if they want You're to. You're allowed to assign a consequence to something you don't like without it being under the broad heading of cancel culture or political correctness. By the way, I'm against both when they're overdone. But you can assign this a consequence is overdone. to something. 
I don't this think this is, is overdone. A, I don't think this is the federal it is, issue I'm it's sorry, being made it out to be. I think this is another example of everybody it's a federal wanting issue. something Major League Baseball's big making to cry it about. That. Oh, my God. They didn't like something. They made a business decision. Look at how politics is ruining everything. Paul, they're the ones crying. They are the They ones. didn't have to do a thing. They could have said, you know what? We're going to support the black-owned businesses and black workers in Atlanta, and we're also for le less voting restrictions. We're for all of these things. But I'm not going to penalize the people who had nothing to do with this. You're making it because like we have a problem with the Republican-led state legislator you're making it like in these, Atlanta. These, the, the it would have been so much braver to not cave to the mob. That that would have been the brave move by Major League Baseball and said, "We stand by the Braves. They had nothing to do with it this. We stand so by the city of Atlanta." The Georgia legislature. And if people want to show up in protest, great. That is their right to show up and protest. What if the Georgia legislature didn't cave to the Paul, you're, 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 what you're striving for is for online voting, when right now this device is listening to everything we say. Hutton, I said it would. it's the goal, the ultimate goal. <laughs> I didn't say you could do it now. You're just I, I conveniently leaving out my, elements of what I said, like Chad and, and keeps doing when I said the ID is not a factor. You're conveniently leaving out that this is, it, it, it's not, it's more restrictive than some states, less restrictive than others well, that have been in place. I'd like to see all those and states Major League fixed. Baseball is setting the standard now that moving forward, anything more restrictive than what Georgia just implemented, they should pull out of completely. That's the standard they've set. And if they don't, then this is cancel culture. What events do they have scheduled in those states that you want taken out right now? I don't know. And moving months. forward, well, Paul, moving it's forward until they change their current policies. That's the standard. Okay. That's the standard. It's it's selective righteousness. Is it not? It's it's selective righteousness with it because look, I don't think either election was fixed. I think Georgia went to Democrats fairly in this election. And they're sore losers. I think in 2018, I think Stacey Abrams is being a sore loser. And I think one side is propped up by media and Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers and everyone else is some conquering hero for saying that she was jobbed out of an election. And then when the other side says, well, maybe there was some impropriety here, it's, oh, that stupid conspiracy theory. But there was theory. no You're finding of any impropriety. Where's the finding of 2018, Paul? There is none. Okay, then why are we not talking about her the same way? Well, that's, why is she being booked on night shows? That's ancient history. I don't, I don't know. I don't book Colbert. The problem but I'm is, not saying there Paul, were any improprieties. When you have one Abrams. person banned from Twitter for doing the same thing, and another person is trumpeted as a hero, there is an imbalance out there. I want balance. Stacey Abrams lost an election and is not an official. Trump was president of the United States and asked the Secretary of State to find him 11,000 votes. That is not apples and apples, Chad. And he's also no, been banned as not an official. He is a private citizen right now, and he's not on Twitter. But they're making these changes based on what he wanted. Paul, they are making these changes in part because it took them 15 damn days to come up with a decision, There's no and their own election, election commission result. had to audit it. There's no ticking clock. Did we get the right results? We did. You, There's you, no you good with Florida in We should aspire to be able to figure out an election within two weeks. Are you great with the results if there? We're say that. They, they changed their election process in 2000 also. You I want the right result. fine and dandy there? I want the right result. 